I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Lisa Smazarski, Editor-in-Chief of Stylist. And I'm Alex Walker, Editor-at-Large. And together, we are your brand new work wives. Consider us the background noise to your PowerPoint presentation. The support you might need to get through a working day. Or the distraction. Yep, definitely that. Welcome to Working From Home with Stylist. Coming up in today's episode, we have an interview with psychiatrist and business coach Lopa Winters on how to find purpose and value in your job. Stylist beauty director Shannon Peter shares the five best home hair dyes. We'll be doing a deep dive into our obsession with snacking. And TV presenter and foodie Laura Jackson will be giving you plenty of snacking inspiration in her top 10 things to eat right now in King Of. So Alex, we've find ourselves another week into lockdown what's been getting you through this week coffee actually um i'm a massive coffee fan uh, obsessed and um we've recently subscribed to a new coffee subscription it's uh, perky blenders it's so good great name it is a good, what a good name great name uh and they're so good um and yeah trying different coffees every day it's the thing that's getting me through to be honest it's just that little bit of me time oh well I've always been jealous of the coffee drinkers I have to say it does seem like a bit of a treat I have been trying to enrich myself in a different way this week because I find that I was getting a bit overwhelmed or a bit bored of TV. I've watched a lot of it, a lot more than normal. Um, so I went off to have a look at the National Theatre's um, as live productions that they've been putting out on YouTube. So they put a new one out every Thursday evening at seven. Last week they had Jane Eyre on, which was brilliant. And I was actually, one of the last things I did before I went into lockdown was go to the theatre at the National to see the visit. So it sort of got a bit of a nice emotional feeling for me as well yeah. this week it's treasure island next week it's 12th night very culturally enriching it's a really quite it's a fun and different thing to do mm. i'm hearing from a lot of friends right now have a real feeling of flatness and loss of purpose especially when it comes to their jobs um i don't know if it's something to do with you know we've we've been on a roller coaster this treadmill for ages um if we're not at work we're planning holidays we're booking visits to the latest restaurant and suddenly now that all that's been taken away from us we're just focusing on our jobs um either if that's because we're still doing them or because we've been furloughed and i think there's a real sense of oh is this the right job? Um, do I get enough purpose from my job? Does this job now suit my new values, especially if our priorities are starting to shift because of what's happening? Um, and I'm hearing that from loads of my friends. I don't know about you. 
Yeah, no, I, I am too. And actually, I have to say, I, I feel a bit of that myself, probably around uh, eight o'clock every Thursday evening as we clap the heroes of our time. And it does actually make you question what your purpose is, what your motivation is, um, why you get up in the morning and why you do things you do. And I guess we've not really thought about this stuff since we were at school mm. and saw our career as advisors. And the only time I can really liken it to is when I took my first maternity leave. And I'd come out from a very busy time at work and everything felt very important. And then suddenly stepping back into a new world with new priorities really gave me the space to think about what was important to me. And I think that's probably what's happening to us now. We're being forced to reevaluate. We're not being distracted by all the kind of shiny fun things that keep us busy all the time. And now we've really only got time to reflect on how we spend our time, how we give back to the world, I guess, um, really how we build our whole value system. Hmm. And actually, I think you're going to really enjoy the next um, conversation because I spoke to Lopa Winters. She's an executive coach um, and, a, and a psychiatrist, and she had some really brilliant, tangible takeaway advice on what you can do if you are starting to feel a little bit of a sense of loss of purpose towards your job. Hi, Lopa. Thanks so much for speaking with us today. I just really wanted to speak to you about why you think so many people have lost their sense of purpose when it comes to their jobs at the minute. I think we're human beings and human beings are thinking beings um, and we get so caught up in the doing of our day-to-day -day life it's almost like we forget that, that mm -hmm. it's part of our makeup. Um, so I think the closer we get to issues of our mortality we get in touch with the sort of meaning of life questions, uh, what's yeah. the point of this? Um, you know, we keep our, keep those thoughts at bay and we work really hard to keep those thoughts at bay or most of us wouldn't get up in the morning. Be, um, you know, am, what's the point of cleaning my loo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we work quite hard with defence mechanisms and defence mm -hmm. mechanisms sound negative, but they're healthy. Actually, we need them. Uh, and one of the ones we use is something called the manic defence, which means we keep ourselves busy, we keep ourselves doing uh, to not waste up and think about our mortality every day yeah. so we've been forcibly stopped right now we we've been forced to be in touch with some really difficult painful aspects of of the mind so to a point it's 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 healthy to be so busy that we don't think about this all the time but also it can be quite a positive that we're forced to stop and think about it and it's it's how we now use this time and those thoughts to do something positive and creative with them mm-hmm so obviously, you know, if people are having these feelings and feeling like, God, I wish I could do something more. I wish I could find more value in my job. It's not exactly the easiest time to go and retrain as a paramedic or whatever. Um, how, do, how do we kind of find peace with where we're at? How can we learn to find more purpose and value in what we're doing right now? I think, um, how, do, how do you help despondency? I guess allow it in. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really natural and ordinary and um, okay. I think that's one of the main things. Um, I think we're trying to balance that with the sort of idea of the stiff upper lip. And I'm not sure we know where we are at, at as a sort of female culture right now. Like mm -hmm. what, what is a female modern British hero? Um, how much do you let feelings in? How much do you keep them at bay? And that can mm -hmm. be really confusing. Um, so, you know, what's our armour? What's our, what's our value? It, it, it's really hard. It's a sort of socio-cultural thing as well as individual. 
Mm. Um, so what can you do? I think um, you can question yourself. You can question the thought. Um, so I guess I would be thinking, well, why do I have this thought? Um, how would I change it practically? I think it's important to dream, but also be realistic. Like you say, like it, it might not be the time to retrain or yeah. it might well be. It might be that actually your hand is forced and it's the perfect time to retrain. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, it's great to dream, but not the grass is not always greener. <laughs> so course, there's something yeah. about sort of, um, I think checking out with other people, you know, the isolation that we face right now is, is one of the hardest things because these thoughts can become circular in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so they become a worry rather than something creative and exploratory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, talking it through, sharing it, writing it, whatever works for you. Um, I'm obviously biased, but I think coaching, that's a great time then for, yeah. for something like executive coaching that, you know, I was a bit skeptical about it and you sort of think you might have your own answers, but coaching allows you to be challenged. So mm-hmm. someone who's really going to pin you down to, well, why are you thinking this? Is this some sort of unresolved childhood issue or is this yeah. because actually, you know, your values and purpose are okay to change I think the Mm -hmm. last time uh we probably questioned our careers for me you know I'm 40 the last time I did that was was probably as a teenager so so it's putting yourself back to a time of being okay with uncertainty and not knowing what your career might look like and Mm -hmm. and and why are you doing the job you're doing that's a huge question I've noticed a lot of my team are feeling quite down I can sense it in our meetings and you know you, you kind of do your best to motivate people but to be honest I feel pretty much the same myself um so it's hard if if you are at a point though where your mental state is having a real impact on your ability to work what would you advise somebody Yeah. So I think it's both, actually. So I think you you have to find that balance. It's almost a bit like parenting or something. So I think you have to be authentic. Yeah. Um, and I think you've had an experience of that where you sort of you put your mask on mm-hmm. and you, you put your positive leadership hat on. And, and then you've got to a point where you're like, actually, this just isn't working for me or them. And I'm going to let the kind of negative feelings in. And I think there's a real pressure to you know learn five million new skills while you're oh locked down and yeah. all of that like and that's just not how most people are feeling so mm-hmm. I think there's something about being real mm-hmm. and real means I'm your team leader this day and actually I'm feeling x I I, I would speak to that feeling in the room I'm mm-hmm. feeling like we all can't be asked today yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. um and what, what what can we do with that what can we do with this meeting today which is the reality of how we're all feeling and see what comes because actually something creative that you might not have thought of might come from that and you all sharing that that mood and that feeling and that's what's going on today instead of us kind of trying to keep up this you know this is the Friday meeting and this is how we have to have it and this is the feeling that we're meant to be having because you know no one no one actually feels good when they don't meet up with that expectation. If you have got to the point where you're feeling just too low to be productive at work how do you handle that? Yeah, well, all re- real things. Take real things out of this environment. You know, take take something that's actually put, like we are put in touch with what's real right now, which is good and bad and painful and mm. happy. And it's all so up and down all the time that, that your meetings kind of maybe need to be um, letting that reality in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that usually feelings and thoughts that are difficult pass. Um, and if they 
they don't. I mean, actually, there is still help out there. So if despondency becomes despair and depression, it's still depression. And it still means that, you know, mental health services are still functioning. People are working from home, but still offering clinics and support and whatever. Um, you know, so, so, you know, some people out there are struggling more than just sort of ordinary despondency and that they need to be told it's okay to still seek help. I have to say, it's her opening remarks that really got me there, which was the manic defence about keeping ourselves busy so as not dealing with our own mortality, which is, I am sure, something I do. <laughs> Two reasons why I know I do this. One is I'm the busiest person I know, and I know it's not healthy. I run it at like a million miles an hour. But also when I... I can confirm that, yeah. Yep. yep, you definitely can. I mean, I do try and pack a lot into my day. And that's one of the reasons why I feel a bit all over the place at the moment is I've never had this much time on my hands. And I also know that I have to stop myself overthinking and mortality actually is one of the things that I really like causes me issues if I think about it. So I try not to think about it. I definitely suppress those thoughts. So those two concepts together for me are kind of freaking me out right now, I've got to say. So when you try that into purpose and your job, I can sort of, I can see exactly what she's saying. And we have over busyfied mm -hmm. our lives. So that's something I'm gonna reflect on a little bit. I'm very, very uncomfortable, if I, I'm honest. I've been trying to make you reflect it. on that for years. <laughs> <laughs> you have never known a person with a busier diary than you have. Freaks me out. The, th the thing that actually got me the most was this idea that your thoughts, if they're challenging, rather than trying to quash them, actually, mm. it's quite exciting. You know, if you have this thought like, oh God, I feel really despondent in my career. Actually, it can be really quite an exciting thought because it challenges you to think about it. You can come up with creative ideas as a consequence of it. So this thing that you don't always have to think a bad thought has to be a really negative thing. Actually, mm. it can breathe like a whole new you know, a whole new career or not, but it, it, we don't mm. always have to take those negative thoughts as a really negative thing. They can just be mm. the start of something new. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's very true. I remember when we were working on our strong women brand development, and we were chatting to one of the trainers, and she said to both you and I, you and I actually, she said, "Exercise is sometimes really uncomfortable and it hurts. And we're not very good at sitting with that. Yeah. Like we just go, I'll walk away then. It hurts me. And I think that's so true of our thoughts too, isn't it? Because that really stuck with me when we mm -hmm. we were told that a little while ago. Um, but actually, I think that's so true. If she's saying there, it doesn't have to like being uncomfortable doesn't doesn't have to end up with an unhappy outcome. It seems like we both got loads of really valuable advice actually out of that chat and I really hope that you did too. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about executive coaching you can head to Lopa's website which is Lopa L-O-P-A Winters.com. Now moving on to more Let's say superficial matters. Uh, there are some other things affecting my motivation and they generally appear when I look in the mirror. I've always known that I'm a bit like Samson. My power comes from my hair. And as much as I hate to really admit that, I do know that when I've done my hair and I feel good about how that looks, I feel more professional, more capable. There is a direct link. And I know, I mean, I reference this all the time, but it really makes me think of the brilliant Fleabag clip. Hair is everything. We wish it wasn't, so we can actually think about something else occasionally, but it is. It's the difference between a good day and a bad day. We're meant to think that it's a symbol of power, that it's a symbol of fertility. Some people are exploited for it and it pays your fucking bills. Hair is everything, Anthony. God, I love that. Hair is everything, Anthony. 
<laughs> I have to say, I, my hair is, um, we've never been friends. My hair is rubbish. It's thin, yet frizzy, lank. Oh, the hours I've spent trying to make something better of it and it's never happened. So I've kind of just given up on it now. Um, but what I have always had is blonde hair. Um, and I'm learning that actually it wasn't really my hair. It was courtesy of my hairdresser. Um, so I've now got half blonde, half black hair. And the effect it is having whenever I look in the mirror. I think there's something about being blonde. It makes you feel brighter. Um, and my makeup looks wrong. My face looks wrong. I look even tireder than I normally do. Um, and I am suddenly really starting to think gonna have to try and diet at home otherwise I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna lose the plot every you time and I'm... the rest of the world I've heard hair dye is running out of supply along with loo roll and flour yeah um I, I actually think I would give up loo roll in favor of um something to sort my hair out right now <laughs> luckily stylist's beauty director Shannon has come to my rescue this week and written about in the magazine written about the best home hair dyes on the market and we've asked her to tell us all about them here I think one of the most common beauty topics that I've been asked about since we've entered lockdown has been around hair colour. How can I dye my hair at home? How can I keep my colour looking fresh from home? How do I do it myself? Um, and unfortunately, it isn't that simple. But if you've been using box dyes for years, and great, you're an expert in your own hair, so just keep doing what you're doing. But if you are someone that normally relies on a professional hair colourist, then I've got to say, it's my civic duty to manage your expectations. Unfortunately, at home, you're never going to be able to achieve exactly what your hairdresser can do in the salon. You know, they've trained for years and years and years to do what they do, so that makes sense. So now is not the time to be trying any self-administered painterly balayage jobs, you know, full platinum blonde bleach jobs. But if you do want to do something with your colour, then not all hope is lost, because there are some really great products out there that will give colour a bit of a refresh, they'll knock back any unwanted tones, or they'll disguise root regrowth just a little bit. So here's my top five recommendations. Okay, so number one, my first recommendation is perfect for anybody that just wants a kind of nice all over color refresh. So you're going to want a box dye. Now, in my opinion, the best box dyes out there are the ones by Josh Wood Color. Now, this man is an absolute genius when it comes to color. And he's very kindly funneled his many years of doing all the celebs and models hair into an easy to use, really, really affordable range of DIY hair dyes. Now, they come as a permanent box color, but then you can add a booster shot. Now, this is going to add cool or warm tones to that base color and it's going to make your shade more bespoke to you. So it was really great because the one bugbear that lots of people have with box dyes is that it leaves their hair color looking quite flat, whereas this makes sure there's lots of different tones in there. The best thing about this range is that you can set up a one-to-one -one video consultation with one of the brand experts beforehand, and they'll help you work out exactly what shades are right for you. Okay, number two, for a slightly larger choice of colour, then my second recommendation is Clairol's new Natural Instincts range of box dyes. They're completely vegan and packed with loads of conditioning agents like coconut oil and aloe vera that are going to nourish your hair as you dye it. And unlike the Josh Wood range, they're non-permanent. So they're going to wash out in about 28 washes, which makes them really perfect if you're feeling a bit non-committal about the whole thing. Number three is for those who really want just a really easy peasy, simple root touch up with absolutely no commitment whatsoever. So this is the L'Oreal Paris Magic Retouch Root Touch Up. Bit of a mouthful. But people go wild for this stuff. It's that good. It's a bit like a dry shampoo. So you're just going to spray that directly onto the roots and it's going to tint the hair in that area. You just need to brush it in slightly or comb it in and that will blend it to the rest of the hair. And then you can wash it out again at the end of the day, which makes it so easy. 
Number four is a living proof whipped glaze. So if you've got coloured hair and it's lost a bit of its shine because it's been a few weeks or a few months since you've last had it done, then this product is a bit like a tinted hair mousse that deposits dye particles and gives hair this kind of layer of brilliant gloss. So it's ideal for faking that fresh out the salon look. So there's a lighter shade for blonde hair and highlights and a darker shade for medium to dark hair and it makes it really simple to use. And that brings us nicely to number five. So finally, this one is for those of us that are feeling a little bit wild, a little bit experimental. Those of us thinking, why don't I dye my hair peach today or green or cornflower blue? You know, lockdown will do that to the best of us. So if you fall into this camp, then you're going to want to look at the brand Bleach London. They do some really cool semi-permanent dyes in all kinds of wild colours. Um, and they're also host hosting virtual hair parties where co-founder Alex Brownstall is joined by lots of celebrity friends and everybody joins in in a video chat and she walks you through the entire hair dye process. So you're basically being guided by an expert. So that's brilliant. But also, I must add, side note... This is number six, technically. Sorry, I'm cheating the system here. They also do some brilliant toners. So if you've got dyed blonde hair that you simply want to tint back or brighten or freshen up a little bit, then look towards their purple shampoo because it is excellent. And that's it. My top five hair dye recommendations. Um, happy hair dyeing, everybody. Oh, I love Shannon and I miss her entirely. So it's great to hear her voice there. But even she can't convince me to dye my hair at home. I'm, I'm very, very scared of the hair dye at the best of times. I'm going to stick fully flat brunette whereas i am i am actually going to go for it i think the josh wood ones sound brilliant i know how good he is anyway mm. um so yeah i'm going to try it and i shall report back when, when my hair is turned bright pink next week oh i look forward to this i'm excited this gives me something to look forward to for the next week um if you feel brave as well you can find more tips on how to dye your hair at home with shannon on stylist.co.uk Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'd like to take some time now to talk about our cover this week because we have dedicated um, our cover and our cover feature to the art of snacking, which is something very close to all of our hearts right now. I don't think I've um, snacked as much in the past year as I have in the past month. It's not even something I do very often normally. Now mm. I'm the queen of snacking. Can't stop. 
Ah, you see, I, I have always been the queen of snacking. It's, um, yeah, it's very much part of my day. However, I've just taken it to new levels now. Um, it's not so much <laughs> mealtimes don't count anymore. It's just a constant stream of snacking. I feel quite nervous <laughs> if I don't have food in my hand at all times. Um, and as the cupboards get barer, I'm just, yeah, my, my standards are getting lower and lower. What have, uh, what have you been reaching for recently? Um, the last thing I had um, was a packet of very stale Maltesers. They'd started to, to go quite chalky. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they did the trick. I'm basically um, putting anything that I can on a Rivita. It's just yep. become a vehicle for all sorts. A lot of cheese, a lot of condiments. Um, <laughs> and I'm even eating my uh, toddler's crisps. That's that's how desperate they it's I become. love a toddler crisp. I mean, let's not get back onto crisp, but I do love a toddler's crisp. I have to say, I think because I say I don't snack, but when we're in the office, I do the kind of three o'clock, four o'clock rounds of sort of sniffing around people's desks looking for something. And obviously we're very lucky. We do get sent lots of things to try. Um, I don't know if you were there that day when we got sent probably the worst snack I've ever experienced in my entire life, which was a bag of fish skin crisps. Oh God, I was not. I'd have had to leave. <laughs> I'd have had to leave the office. No. I didn't. I can't say I put one in my mouth. I, I had a little sniff, had a look. It was fully repulsive. I don't believe anything can be a snack. No, I think that's taken it to, yeah, a whole new level. I was there the day that we um, got sent lots of new ketchups to try. And Ooh, somebody yeah. uh, had the brilliant idea to actually go and buy <laughs> buy a packet of chips uh, just oh. so we could we could properly test them out. What was it? Gherkin ketchup or something, wasn't it? I think they were different pickled ketchups. I think it was gherkin ketchup or something like that. I remember it being delicious. I mean, it's basically just another excuse for something salty and vinegary. I mean, what's wrong with that? It's just an excuse to eat chips, which sounds great to me. Well, this is what um, obviously inspires our cover because obviously everyone's been talking about it at the moment. And actually, when Alex and I were deciding which image to put on the cover, we got into quite a big debate on what actually constitutes a snack because we've gone with pink wafers, which I do own and have in my cupboard. Actually, but I think because um, there's something I used to have as a child. So I hmm. added them into one of my um, online shops recently. Uh, but you weren't on board with a pink wafer, were you? They're just so dry, joyless. They're joyless for a snack. <laughs> I but mean, you're wrong. It's true, sure. though, isn't it? You know, like there's a there's a not a lot about nostalgia in our snacking habits. Mm. In the feature, somebody talks about um, putting hula hoops on all, all their fingers and eating them like that, which is so something that I used to do as a kid. Um, and I think, yeah. So obviously, pink wafer, very dry. But um, some of the other things we were looking at. Um, we weren't sure if they actually constituted a snack, if they were more of a meal. So there was a brilliant picture of a crisp sandwich, which I was That's really keen on. But yeah, you, you, went, meal. you went meal, which shows the difference yeah. between you and me because that's that's a small <laughs> snack for me. A sandwich is a meal. I mean, I just like, honestly, a snack, I think probably if you go back and look at its origins, as we do in the feature, it's a, it's a tiny morsel. It's something to get you through. It's not a full meal sized plate of food. In these times, <laughs> in these times, it is. <laughs> oh, I think that's probably true. The, the normal rules are off the table. So, look, what were your favourite facts in that article? Because I have to say, I mean, I got particularly obsessed with the history of snacking, um, and that it wasn't until the end of the nineteenth century when 
biscuits became a thing. And the thing that particularly struck with me was the introduction of the afternoon tea because it coincided with me watching Belgravia um, where they actually talk about the introduction of the afternoon tea, which we had in our article. So I read it in an article, then I saw it on the telly and now I've become obsessed with it with this whole principle but it's so interesting that evolution of how we eat the different times that we had our meals and the fact that we had to do that because we we're eating dinner so late in the evenings or supper as it was called um what struck you in the article uh, i love how different cultures snack actually um oh, yeah yeah so I uh, always, I love Sweden um, and I particularly love their tradition of taking fika uh, every afternoon, which is their kind of enforced uh, coffee and cinnamon bun break, which is just like my dream snack. Um, And then in India, I think it was that they have uh, samosas every afternoon um, and rice rice crackers in Japan, uh, their Mm. snack of choice, which um, I'm very on board with. Um, But one one thing that did strike me was... um, the writer spoke to one of her friends in France um, and to them, snacking's just not really a thing. Uh, mm. Mealtimes are such a... And the same in Italy. Mealtimes are really sacred. Uh, they put a lot of effort into their meals. Mm. They're really long, but then they don't snack outside them, which, to be honest, is the complete opposite with me. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's just so much... and we, we touch on this in the article, but there's so much around emotion and food. And actually, when you look at our European counterparts, actually this idea of working through lunch being alien... quite fascinating but it's an emotional and cultural norm that you sit Mm. and you connect over your meals whereas I think in the UK particularly I'm sure this is true in Europe as well we've attached so many emotions to food and we feel guilty about the snacking that we're doing at the moment which is just absurd actually I mean everyone's just surviving and sort of making do with what they've got in their cupboards but there's so much emotion attached to how we eat particularly in the UK and that's something Mm. we're familiar with um and that's something I'm I'm really sort of passionate about diffusing about sort of going well actually enjoy your food food is function food is fuel and trying to take some of those emotional elements out of it yeah but I I actually think um it isn't just function and fuel for me it is there's a lot of emotion attached to food and it's a lot of it's comfort to me as well and I think um that's okay you know I've read some really interesting um, articles about it recently that actually it is okay to comfort eat because food does give us comfort Mm. Uh, a lot to do with the associations we have of it from childhood when we probably were comforted with food Um, yeah so I think it's okay if you need to eat more during this time if it's giving you some comfort if actually I'm, I might be baking something every day just so I've got more food to eat. It's probably okay right now and we don't need to feel guilty because we're snacking more. Um, this time is hopefully not forever and, you know, we'll go back to perhaps slightly less 24-hour snacking habits when we get out. Mm, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, actually. And I guess what I'm talking about is the negative emotions and the guilt and the bad days and mm. things that we talk about when we talk about food. But actually, as you were talking, it just made me think about a couple of friends of mine who um, who come from backgrounds where food is very much associated with love. And I remember when I was going through a particularly bad period, I was grieving. And a friend of mine was like, I have to feed you. This is the only way that I can show you that I'm thinking about you, that I love you, that you're in my thoughts. God, don't stop blubbing. I'm starting to go as well. But actually, you know, it was a small gesture that meant a lot. And I guess we all carry all of those connotations with us in terms of how we eat and the food that we consume. And that's as, as, as we feed people as well as what we consume ourselves. 
It's true, actually. It's just that's just made me think. I love to feed people, and at week mm. most weekends, I always have friends round or family round, and I always cook for everybody. And that is probably the thing I am missing the most. Um, mm. It feels really alien to me to not have people to, to feed all the time, which may be why I've replaced it with twenty four hour snacking. Who knows? No, it's interesting, and I think you know so much can be put down to those behaviours as children. You mentioned it earlier, but what I was really struck by, um, I think, as a psychologist or an expert in the article who was saying that if you feed a child when they're bored or sad then you start to like connect that as an adult and they're the times that you reach for your snacks and things so I guess it is incredibly complex how we consume food what we eat why we eat it it's not quite as straightforward as just a sort of browse of your fridge no but the, but the other thing also is that it, it makes sense that we're snacking right now the reason is we're bored and we don't have as much sensory stimulation as we normally would when mm. we're outside and we're seeing things and actually eating is a really sensory thing to do um, especially if you're eating something really crunchy um, which mm. is probably what I do crave in snacks um, it does give you sensory stimulation which is what we're all seeking so it, it makes complete sense that we're snacking right now and this conversation is making me very hungry. Oh my God, I was just about to say the same thing. When I was pre-freezing the article, I started snacking crisps from a bowl because it mentions why that's different to crisps from a bag. But actually it's having the same impact on me now. So uh, I'm going to stop talking about food, Ooh, although only temporarily because we've got a bit more food chat coming up. But you can read the full article um, on our brand new Stylist Magazine app, which is available for Apple and Android users now. And you can get the first issue for free. So before we wrap up talking about food, um, I just want to take a few minutes because we have a very special King of list uh, by the fabulous Laura Jackson, who's a TV presenter, cookbook author, podcast creator, fashion muse, the list goes on, um, who has uh, done a very nice list this week for us to rank. Now, obviously, the aim of King of is really to put 10 things in order and we want to know what your number one is too so have a listen now to laura jackson as she talks us through her top 10 foods to eat right now get ready to feel even more hungry hello stylist i'm laura jackson and i'm going to give you my top 10 things i've been eating this week number one banana bread can't get enough of the stuff number two pasta particularly ravioli with ricotta number three wild garlic pesto found some in my local greengrocer, been making lots of delicious pesto. Number four, Brindisa jarred beans. So I'm not actually making the beans, but they are delicious. I've been having with feta and uh, wild garlic pesto. Number five, fig rolls. I'm obsessed with fig rolls and I literally can't get enough of them at the moment. Six, hula hoops. Can't go wrong with a good packet of hula hoops or maybe a couple of packets of hula hoops. Seven, a rhubarb tart. Uh, I made this last week and it was very delicious. Eight, fish tacos. All about Taco Tuesday, everybody. Got to do that. Nine, mango margarita. Uh, I love a margarita and I've been having mine with some mango just to mix it up, a bit of variation. And 10, avocado on toast. A classic breakfast staple. Thanks for having me. I literally want to eat every single thing on that list. God, I have to say, it sounds good. I mean, it's, um, I feel like it puts what I'm eating to shame at the moment. So just as a reminder, this is the top 
10 things that she's eating right now, which is far more sophisticated than I have. Although there's a couple of things I have in common, like hula hoops <laughs> and avocado on toast. Obviously, I've eaten a fair amount of those. Uh, fig rolls literally repulsed me, made me very oh, uh, uncomfortable. Do you? God, they're so retro. So retro. Oh, yeah. Uh, banana bread. I mean, who isn't? You know, we've talked about this before. It's a, it's a staple of lockdown eating. Um, I have to say, when I think about my own top 10 I have to say I think they all involve eggs so like a boiled egg a poached egg a scrambled egg just all about the eggs and there are rations and I know this will be upsetting for you because I know how much you hate the humble egg and I have to say I'm very glad I'm not quarantining with you <laughs> all your <laughs> so eggs so good for you oh, so no. good I should work for the egg board or no. whatever they're called because uh, I'm a one woman advocate for the uh, for the power of the egg oh god um, actually I've made fish tacos a few times from her list. Mm. Um, and I'd like yeah. to eat your fish tacos, actually. That They're does good. Sound good. They are good. I mean, a lot of pizza, mm. um, a lot of a lot of bread-based um, things. And I'm oh, doing me so much baking. Um, I made a really good carrot cake the other day. I'm, I mean, I, d I literally made a cake with my kids that was <laughs> so flat and so awful. I'm just going to keep out of the kitchen for now. But I have been getting a delivery from my local bakers, which means that probably... Probably my number one food I'm eating right now would be fresh bread with oodles of butter on it. Nice. I mean, so good. And I'm going to say mine would be um, a bagel with Marmite peanut butter, which I am going through jars of, jars. The pre-mixed one or, or separate ones? The pre-mixed, um, oh. but, you know, in desperate times, I'd go for the uh, separate ones. Oh, inferior for you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right, we are so greedy that we would like to hear even more about what you're eating because we just love talking about food. Please send a voice note to wfh at stylist.co.uk and we shall play out the best ones. And a massive thank you to Laura Jackson for her excellent list. Uh, Laura is the creator of Host London, which brings people together through food. You can subscribe to her excellent newsletter at... Host London, which is spelt H-O-S-T-E, london.co.uk. We are ending our podcast with an alternative thought for the day, written and performed by stylist Susan Riley. And this week, Susan has accepted our challenge to um, make up a poem about all those random jobs we're trying to do around our homes right now. There's always some tasks for which we don't have the time. A to-do list that seems like a mountain to climb. But COVID-19 has put an end to all this, which means all those chores we can no longer diss. So when we're not disinfecting or cleaning our showers or on the B&Q website, the wait time's an hour. We're now hanging up prints and maybe some shelves. So many odd jobs we need an army of elves. Skirting boards to be painted, desks to be built, straightening up tables that used to go tilt alphabetizing bookshelves, seeking buttons to sew, organising wardrobes like we're Marie Kondo. And when we have stopped colour-coding our pants, let's turn our attention to all of those plants that we've got such grand plans for in pots and on sills that we know very well that we're just going to kill. But not before we've tried to grow herbs and tomatoes and strawberries. So do not disturb. I'm going full on allotment. Titchmarsh would be gel. I'll moonlight as a grocer and all will be well. Now excuse me, 
I've got to go click and collect. I've ordered a few things that might get me in debt. One electric screwdriver, one small handy planer. Yes, I know I won't use them, but it seemed a no-brainer. Because for now, DIY is keeping me sane, helping to soothe all those things in my brain until the time is safe to step out of my home, leaving herbs and screwdrivers abandoned alone. Before we go, Lisa, I've got to ask you the end of the day question. What are you having for dinner tonight? God, there's been a lot of food in this episode. I mean, it's like we're obsessed, I have to say. Uh, it, the thing is, there's nothing else to think about right now, is there? It's, it's just, it's all about food. It's the highlight of the day. The best delivery I've ever had in lockdown was from my baker's. So, you know, it shows, shows your values. Back to that. What are your values? <laughs> food. <laughs> Food-based. They're all food-based. <laughs> Food best values. Okay, what am I having for dinner tonight? Tonight, actually, I am going to try a miso aubergine. There was an article in The Guardian nice. last week where lots of chefs gave recipes with only three ingredients. And this is just an aubergine, miso and honey. And it looks like you fry it and griddle it. So it's a new one for me, but it's one of my favourite things. So if I can do that with three ingredients, I'll be delighted. Nice. I'll, I will say that is a snack for me rather than a meal. But sure, it sounds good all the same. Um, <laughs> my brother told me he made a burrito salad bowl the other day. And I thought, oh, yeah, mm. that's inspired me. That is what I'm going to make tonight. Is the bowl made out of burrito? Nah, um, oh. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. It's just a deconstructed burrito. Um, okay. With some black right. beans, chicken, avocado, bit of salad, bit of salsa. Um, oh, it does sound nice. Yeah. Sounds like a good dinner. Right, before we go, please don't forget to subscribe to this series to ensure you don't miss an episode because coming up next Wednesday, we're going to be discussing loneliness, how to solve the physical stresses and strains of working from home, and we'll have our next king of list. Thank you so much for listening to Working From Home with Stylus. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.